How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. This has been an absolutely incredible week for Dad Tired. Uh, I can't even begin to explain how amazing this week has been. It's the launch, for those of you who don't know, it's been the launch of the Dad Tired book, which I have been working on really for the last two years. And uh, it got it, it's actually been arriving in people's hands, and people seem to be really enjoying it, which is uh, always encouraging. Um, but man, it's just been huge. Your guys' support, for those of you who've been longtime Dad Tired listeners it, and uh, bought the book and just sending me messages, it's just been, uh, it, honestly, it's surreal. I don't know how else to describe it. Just absolutely, absolutely surreal. Uh, I'm blown away, man. I'm just, I'm totally blown away. God has been good. He's already using it to draw hearts back to him, which is really, that's all I want, man. I just want God to just like use this book as a way for men to find rest for their weary souls. We're tired dads and uh, I'm tired. You're tired. The reason you're listening to this episode is because you're trying to figure out what it looks like to be a man who's chasing after God. And some of you are dads. Some of you aren't dads. Some of you are just men who are listening and just trying to be more faithful to the Lord. And regardless of where you're at, like most of us, we're just tired. We're tired men. And so my goal is that this book would bring rest to your soul. And it seems like so far that it's it's doing that in many ways. So thank you guys. If you haven't picked up a copy, I would love for you to pick up a copy. And I just hope that it encourages you, dude. Um, if you did not get an email about the cruise, you didn't win, unfortunately. Um, somebody won the cruise, which is super exciting. I'm excited for that guy to bring his wife and to come on the Dad Tired Cruise. But if you still want to come on the cruise, you have a few weeks left. September, The end of September is when cruise registration ends for that. So definitely would love to have you guys come on the cruise, but you've only got a couple weeks left to sign up. You don't have to pay for the whole thing by the end of September, but you do need to sign up and make your initial deposit by September. So if you want to go on the cruise, you didn't win, we'd love to have you come on. Um, definitely go to dadtire.com, click the cruise tab so you can come join us on the cruise before registration ends on that. And speaking of registration ending, we've got two conferences, one in Ohio in a couple of weeks and then one in Austin, Texas in November. And the one in Ohio is filling up. Like we already have more people signed up for that than we originally expected. So if you're holding out, I definitely recommend that you get your tickets now before that one fills up. Um, so anyway, I'm super excited to come meet you guys out in Ohio and spend some time with you over there. Um, before we dive into today's episode, which by the way, uh, I've got a guest on today. His name's David. He owns a company called ODG Apparel. Um, but more than that, like he's just a normal dude. He's a normal guy. He's a normal husband and uh, who's trying to figure out what it looks like to fall in love with Jesus and to live radically in his normal everyday life. And I really love that. I'm like, I want to start having more guys on the show that aren't necessarily authors or celebrities or professional athletes or whatever. Like they're just normal dudes who are trying to figure out what does it look like for me to be a worker or try to own a little small business and to fall in love with Jesus more and help my family fall in love with Jesus more. And um, so I think David, man, he's done a lot of cool things, but more than like all the cool things he's done, I just love this heart as like a normal dude trying to follow after the Lord and figure out ways to help his kids do that. He's a young dad. He's fairly newly married. Uh, you know, he's not like a super, doesn't have tons of years under his belt when it comes to marriage, but um, he's just trying to figure out what it looks like to be a dad and have young kids and to fall in love with Jesus. So I love it. I, I think that you guys are going to be encouraged by him. Uh, it's, he's got some really cool perspective that is going to be helpful for you. Um, before we dive into today's episode, though, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring this episode. If you've never heard of Blinkist, I really do like them. I think they're a really cool app 
Most of us as young dads don't have time to sit down and to read a book and to learn. Um, although, P.S., I hope that you do find some time to sit down and read <laughs> the Tad Tired book. But to like sit down and read stacks of books is really hard. You always hear all these successful like CEOs, they read like thousands of books. And you're like, how do you, where do you find time to do that? I'm, I'm a dad, I'm like working, I'm a husband. I never have time to sit down and read. So if you feel like that, if you're like, I, w- I want to learn, I want to learn more, but I don't have the time to sit down and read a book, um, Blinkist is going to help you. It's one of the most useful apps that I have on my phone. What they do is they've got a massive library, thousands of nonfiction books, which they condense down into the need to know information, all the key takeaways. Um, that way you can either read it really quickly or you can listen to it really quickly, which is what I personally like to do. I like to listen on my commute or while I'm doing the dishes or while I'm cooking dinner. Uh, just try to bust out a book or two. Um, even daily, I'll, I'll try to get through those um, just to keep my mind sharp and keep learning. They've got all kinds of books, business books, health books, um, the kind of the, be- the bestsellers, new titles. They've got a massive library. There's over 8 million people who use Blinkist. So it's really, it's, just, it's, a, it's a really, really cool app. I, I, I sincerely think you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, two of the books that I just recently read, I want to tell you guys about. One of them, um, I, I actually reread it again. I read this book constantly. It's called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek's one of my favorite authors. His book in particular, Start With Why. Um, I'll go back and listen to that Blinkist, just kind of the, the key takeaway versions of that book often because I just find it to be so helpful. Uh, I use that kind of language a lot on this podcast, but also with some friends when I'm just talking to them about what it looks like to figure out how God has wired them for their purpose. Simon Sinek, it's not necessarily a Christian book, but it's a, it's a very, very good book on just how you are personally wired and uh, why you do what you do. There's another one called Emotional Intelligence um, by Daniel Goleman, which is another great book. If you haven't read those and you feel like you don't have time to read those, um, jump on Blinkist and just uh, you know listen to the condensed version. It's going to be helpful for you. Uh, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to the massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer special offer rather just for our audience the dad tired audience if you go to blinkist.com slash tired t-i-r-e-d they're going to let you try it for seven days and you're going to save 25 percent on a new subscription again that's blinkist b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t blinkist.com forward slash tired t-i-r-e-d start your free seven-day trial if you end up signing up for it they're going to give you 25 percent off only when you go to Blinkist.com forward slash tired. Again, get that seven-day free trial and 25% off when you sign up for a new pers- subscription. Not a prescription, <laughs> subscription. Uh, let's dive into today's episode. I think you're going to really enjoy my interview with David from ODG Apparel. David, super excited for you to be hanging out with us today. For the audience who may not be familiar with who you are, maybe just tell us who you are and uh, what you're up to these days, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be on the podcast. Um, so my name is David Catrone. I run um, an apparel company online called ODG Apparel. Um, I also own um, a consulting agency and a, and a supplement company and a few other businesses and just I've sort of always found myself in business and, and kind of figuring out and navigating what that looks like and how to do that all well um, for the glory of of God, honestly, and trying to navigate that is just hard and crazy and whatnot. So yeah, I own ODG Apparel. That's kind of my main thing right now. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. 
Tell us about your family, dude. So I have two little guys, uh, Hudson and Elijah. Uh, Hudson is three, Elijah's two. My wife is Courtney. We've been married for a little over five years. Um, yeah, we do ministry. Um, I'm an elder at my church here in Bradenton, Florida. My wife is an area director for a ministry called Young Life. Um, so we're super invested in that ministry, both ministries, honestly. And, and so our, we kind of live in one of those houses where it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. We usually have probably one or two uh, high schoolers or college kids over doing something, doing laundry, I don't know, <laughs> playing Xbox. I don't know, just random things all the time. So we have one of those houses where it's just a lot of chaos all the time, but like really fun. Um, it just feels right. And so that's kind of who we are and kind of what we do. When you say doing laundry, are they like doing your laundry or they're doing their own laundry? No, I wish. Goodness gracious. <laughs> no, using our, it's usually like we get a phone call at like 930 at night. Like, hey, are you guys home? And we're like, yeah, we're home. Hey, my laundry broke. Or, hey, I don't want to go to the laundromat. Hey, can I use your, hey, my, my water's not working. Can I come shower? I'm like, sure, just come over. Just because we work with a lot of college-aged leaders. Hmm. And so, I mean, I remember being in college and it was like you always had those adults in your life who kind of had their life together. And so you always just gravitated towards what they, you know, Hey, do you have any dinner, extra food? And, <laughs> and so that kind of stuff that we always have going on Bible studies and just hangout times. And so our lives are pretty full when it comes to that idea of like sharing life. Um, yeah. it's just sort of what we've always been used to, but we said from the early kind of get go of our marriage that that's kind of who we wanted to be. Um, and so it's fun to kind of watch it unfold. It's also stressful, but it's yeah. fun to kind of watch it unfold. Yeah, I was just telling my wife yesterday that we uh, we feel really committed to being on mission in our neighborhood and just like loving our neighbors really, really well and always having our door open for our neighbors. We've got a lot of neighborhood kids on our street. And mm -hmm. uh, so just making sure our doors always open. We, we have extra bikes and scooters and stuff in our garage. The kids know they can just come in and grab whatever and just go and play. Um, and I love it. Like it, the, 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 the depth and the fruit of ministry that we've seen over the last couple of years has just been amazing. But I also told her yesterday, it's like so annoying. It's like, yeah. it's really inconvenient. Like the amount of times that uh, our house is just full and our, like I bought groceries and then somehow by the end of the day that I bought groceries, there's like stuff already gone, like an entire box of like fruit snacks somehow is gone and mm -hmm. without me knowing and bags of chips are gone. And the carpet's got like mud on it and you're just like, what are we doing? But at the same time you go to bed at night and you're like, man, like God is using our little house as a refuge for many kids and as a way to like bring his kingdom here to earth. So I get it, man. That's awesome. I love no, that you guys are doing so that. true. And so part of it for me was I never intended to be in the business sort of marketplace uh, mm -hmm. world. I always intended to be in ministry. Yeah. And so it was a hard transition for me to go from what I thought was what my calling was to what I am doing now because I did mission work overseas and then ended up in business. And so when we got married, that was always like, I don't want to be a sellout. Like, I don't want to just, I don't want to miss it. I want to feel like, oh man, I, I could have been in ministry. I want to live my life on mission and in ministry now today. Hmm. And so it was something we committed to early, but then you actually start to do it and you're like, oh, wow, it's a lot easier to say this. It's a lot harder to do it. Like we have in our house currently, we have like multiple things that are just broken because there's like <laughs> no way to fix them. Like we have a fan that's like completely missing part of it <laughs> because like you can't get the part for it that you need because one of our Young Life kids at a Bible study 
thought it would be fun to jump off the couch and then like literally head butted the fan. (laughs) And so like it shattered into a million pieces. And my wife calls me like, Hey, just so you know, this happened. And like for the first six seconds, I'm like, how? Like I'm like frustrated afterwards. I'm like, no, this is what we signed up for. Like, this is what it means. It it sounds crazy, but this is what we mean when we say living on mission. So yeah, that's super interesting. interesting, The fact that you like felt like you were doing quote unquote, ministry and then you're now not like a paid again quote-unquote pastor or minister and mm-hmm. yet you still are trying to figure out what does it look like to be in ministry i think a lot of guys mm-hmm. are hung up on that like okay we pay people yeah. to like work at church and they do ministry and like our job is to make sure we give our 10 percent so that the ministry happens yep. like where do you mm-hmm. how did you find that uh Working in ministry versus like being in ministry, even though you're not collecting a paycheck from a, a ministry. So it really comes down to just how I came to know Jesus. I mean, when I was in college, I went, I grew up in the church and kind of like just played around with the whole church thing my whole life. That's just kind of what we did, but it was not real to me. Yeah. And so when I went to college, I partied my face off and did what college kids do. And then about two years in, was like, what is this? What's the point? I had wait, why do I wake up in the morning and just, by God's design and grace had a lot of atheists in my life who made me question, like, if you believe this, how can your life look just like mine? Hmm. And so for me, starting to follow Jesus was like, okay, if I believe this, I need to really live it or I need to not say I believe it. Like, it can't be anything in the middle. Yeah. And so I really just decided to dive headfirst into, okay, if Jesus is who he says he is, what does that look like? What kind of life should I be living? And so for me as a young 19-year-old, 20-year-old in college, I just was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 100 miles an hour. If I, if I really believe this, I should be in the jungles of, you know, wherever preaching the gospel to, to people who don't know, know it, right? Yeah. And so um, it was books like Radical by David Platt and yeah. some old like Puritan writings that I got my hands on that was like, wow, I'm going to, you know, live this. I'm going to go 100 miles an hour for it. Um, and I'm going to make sure my, I remember saying to myself, I'm going to make sure my atheist friends can never say, well, I don't think you believe it. Right. Because I want them to be able to look at my life and say, so really, really long story short, I had a conversation that sort of changed my life where I'm sitting under this meteor shower with a friend of mine who was an atheist. We have this long three hour conversation about why I believe what I believe and why I think I'm right and everyone else is wrong and this whole thing. And but long story short, he ends up getting to a place in the conversation where he just looks at me and goes, Dave, you want to know why I don't believe? Because I don't think you actually believe this. He goes, because if you really believe this, he's like, he said to me, he said, if I could wrap my head around what you just told me, you know, about eternity and heaven and hell and God and the whole nine yards, he's like, I got to believe that if, if I really believe that, he's like, I'd probably sell everything I had and go to the furthest country and make sure people heard it. Hmm. Here's someone who's never read the Bible, never heard Jesus say similar things and just yeah. said, man, I would really live like this is true. He's like, my problem isn't that I don't believe it. It's that I don't think you believe it. Wow. And I remember leaving that conversation and thinking to myself, I never want someone to point at my life and say, you do not believe this, right? I want them to look at my life and say, you're crazy, but you believe it. Yeah. Um, and so that was what drove me to like, what, what does it look like to be overseas and doing mission work? And so I moved to the Philippines for a few months and lived there um, in the slums and doing mission work. And crazy enough, as I was there, it was really God calling me back home into some specific family business stuff and and helping family out. And my heart was just burdened for them and praying for them. And it was there that God kind of gave me the maturity to see that the goal isn't for God to raise up workers. It's for him to raise up people who worship him and honor him and, mm. and live for him in whatever that context is, right? Mm. For me, it was like I could only be obedient if I was the most radical guy in the room. 
instead of obedience could be just day-to-day grind and loving my family and loving my kids and loving my wife and loving my church and fill in the blank, right? You know, doing my job well. And so that was just maturity that I needed that I didn't have. And I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. And so, yeah, that's kind of when I came home from the from the mission field and, and just started to learn that conversation of kind of like, you know, roundabout way to your question of like, how do I navigate all of that? And just realizing that God doesn't want a worker. He doesn't want this guy that's kind of scurrying around trying to be the most radical guy he can be. He wants someone who really just honors his name and glorifies him above all and in whatever the capacity, whatever context he calls me to, not that I call myself to. Um, and that's what found me kind of in business and, and learning what that looks like. Man, such good stuff already from David. I'm excited to get back to that interview. But before we get too far in, I do want to thank my friends over at Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode as well. September, you probably don't know this, but September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. Most people aren't aware of that. In fact, most people aren't even aware that they need life insurance at all. That's why 40% of Americans don't even have it. But getting life insurance, it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be expensive like most people think. And crazy part is, prices for life insurance are the lowest they've been in 20 years. My friends over at Policy Genius have made it easier than ever to get you covered. It's the easiest way, in my opinion, to shop for insurance online. In just minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurance and find your best price. Once you apply, Policy Genius team, they're going to handle all the paperwork, the red tape for you. If you feel like you're stuck on details, you don't want to go through all this work, don't worry. You give your them your information uh, and they're going to take care of the rest for you. They really do make it easy. They, in my opinion, they're like taking getting life insurance and that whole process and they've updated it into 2019. They've done a really good job. I like their website. I like how easy they make things. If you need life insurance, you just don't, you haven't gotten around to it. Um, I think now National Life Insurance Awareness Month here in September, it's a good time to get started. Uh, go to policygenius.com, get quotes, apply in just minutes. You can do the whole thing around your phone right now. Just like you're listening to this podcast, they're going to make it really easy. Again, policygenius.com. You can get quotes, apply from in minutes, hear from all the top insurance. It's the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Let's dive back into today's episode. That's so good, dude. That That is so helpful, I think, for most guys who just feel like, uh, like I said earlier, like there's, there's people who are out doing the real missions work. Like I'm not a mission, I'm not a minister cause I'm not out in Philippines in the slums of Philippines doing it. I'm just like an accountant. I'm just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just work at my job. But, um, like, so on a day to day for you, like when you're thinking through, okay, what does it look like to fall in love with Jesus and to have that change everything else I do? I love that you said, by the way, that God's not looking for workers. Like it wasn't that he looked at your life and thought, Oh wow! I could really use you to like <laughs> advance my kingdom. If I don't have you, then I'm not yeah. going to be able to do it. Like I can do whatever he wants. The like yep. scriptures talk about it. he'll make the rocks cry out if he needs to. Um, mm. So the the key there, which I just want to highlight again, what you said because I thought it was so good, is that God just wants you to like be in love with Him and that all of your life mm. would be worshipped to Him. And then like 
the quote unquote work kind of comes out of that. Like you being on mission flows out of your love and delight and joy and God. Um, but for pr- practically for you, like as you are running your businesses, you listed like 38 businesses that you're doing right now <laughs> at the beginning. Like as you're doing all this stuff, like what does it look like for you on a day to day between, uh, your employees and customers and loving your wife and your kids want you to peel an orange for them. Like how, how do you live on mission and in love with God in your day to day? So I think a huge resource for me in this that I literally go back to once every couple of months is a book by Tim Keller that's called every good endeavor, um, which was life changing for me. Cause when I first started in the kind of business world, I struggled with this. You talk about practically, practically, I remember feeling this almost guilt each day when I had to go to work because I wanted to live radically for Jesus. And it was like, work was this pain in my side and in God's side in my mind that I had to do. And God was like, fine, go to work. Ugh, and I'd like kind of roll my eyes and then feel like I was doing something that was disobedient or something that was pulling me away from this spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual place. Um, and that just wasn't true. That's just untrue. And so this book by Timothy Kelly really points out that, you know, similar to the stuff I was saying earlier, and that was something that just really started to grow in me, this idea of um, what does it look like on a day-to-day basis? And so if one of the big things for me is if I feel like someone over in the Middle East who's a missionary is living radically for the Lord and God has called me into this marketplace, right? Which is just, you know, whatever it may be, running a business, you know, working for a business, whatever those those kind of practical things may be. For me, it's how can I carry the same zeal for Jesus that I would imagine that person has into today, right? And so for me, practically, that looks like on a, on a pretty regular basis, I'm up pretty early in the morning before my family so that I can set aside time to be praying for my family, to be praying for the people I'm going to interact with, because that's what I would imagine a missionary who's overseas is doing. Hmm. And, and sometimes I feel like, well, if they're doing that, well, I'm not there, so I can't live radically. It's like, well, no, that just looks like me being up earlier than everybody else so that I can pray for the people I'm going to interact with. So I can pray for the businesses and my employees and pray for their lives to be changed by the, by working for me and working and interacting with me. And so that's something really practical for me is Set aside, setting aside that time, I'm, I'm usually up around 4.30 each morning um, on my better days, uh, spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, because I just know that without that, it's really hard to kind of set aside that time. And there's times where it just isn't possible. Like this morning, if I'm honest, I couldn't do it. I got up at five, I was like, it's not going to happen today. And there's a ton of grace from Jesus. And I was able to spend time with my boys this morning before they went to school in the Word. But, but on my best days, I'm up early. And that's something that really sets me up practically to like setting my mind at at this place of like, this is what it looks like to live for Jesus in my day-to-day business. And so then as my business is going on, I know that I've had that time with the Lord and it's kind of filling in all those spaces throughout the day and reminding me of kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, Jeff Vanderstel talks about how, uh, one of the the key ways to live on mission is to, like you said, picture yourself as a missionary in your day-to-day life. So like uh, if I were to wake up and see myself as a sent one by God and everything I'm doing today, um, what, how would things be different in my day? Um, which is interesting because for anyone that's ever been on like a mission trip <laughs> or a short-term trip where they're like, uh, you know, there to serve, you wake up different. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, what's God going to do today? What do I need to do? Do I, I need to pray to be dependent on God? I want to see the Holy Spirit work in crazy ways. And then when you come home, you just like lose that mindset. Like, oh, I'm no longer on a mission 
yep. trip. Uh, so I love that yeah, you said, like, exactly. I, I think of myself as a missionary. So when you wake up, like, what what would a missionary do right now? Which, yeah. P.S., we all are. Like, God has called all of us. Wherever yeah, exactly. you woke up today is where God has called you to be on mission. So um, I want to switch gears a little bit, like, you obviously have the personality type where you're driven, you're very entrepreneurial. So like you want to start a lot of stuff. How has that hurt in any way with marriage hurt might be the wrong word, but like, has that caused conflict with you and your wife? Like as she got to the point where it's like, listen, I just need you to slow down so you could like be mm-hmm. more present with us. Uh, or like, what does that dynamic look like within your marriage? No, that's a hundred percent. I mean, like nail on the head, exactly some of the stuff that we navigate on a daily basis. And so when I first, uh, so the first kind of business kind of venture I was in is I owned a bunch of Smoothie Kings and we sold those a few years back and, you know, didn't need to jump into anything right away. And it was like three weeks later that I was like jumping into new businesses. And she just was looked at me like, what are you doing? Like we have, the whole point of this was so that we could take a minute and breathe. Um, we had just had a new son. It was our second son had just been born in like three weeks. Part of it was just the panic in me of like not trusting Jesus that I could take that rest. And so I just kind of jumped in running like, and so that was something that we really had to navigate. Like, Hey, you need to realize that, that you can't keep running the next thing and jumping in the next thing. And so for me, that's always something I'm trying to navigate. And part of it is when I'm not trusting Jesus well, I'm more likely to play into the, to the worst parts of that entrepreneurial spirit. Hmm. And so I can usually, that's usually a gauge for me that I need to be more focused on pursuing Jesus at the, that the real why of my life is not success or entrepreneurship or these things that I'm passionate about. It's, it's Jesus. That's the real goal. And so one of the big things for me is I have kind of like a list of goals that I go through each morning and each night just to kind of remind me of like what I do, why I wake up in the morning, what's the goal. And one of the, the first things on there is to love my wife in such a way that she l- looks at my love and goes, wow, Jesus loves me more than this. Mm. And so that's really the game changer for me. It's like it resets my mind of like, okay, so when my wife's like, hey, at two o'clock in the afternoon, Hey, let's go take the boys out to the park. When I'm thinking in my head, are you kidding me? I have seven businesses that I'm running. How the heck, why would you ask me to do yeah, that? Yeah. And remind, no, no, that's, I get to do that. I have the freedom, unlike some other people, to do that. And so I just have to be okay with saying this thing will get done differently or get done at a different time. Or, like I said, or I wake up at four in the morning and I, there's been days where I set my alarm at three in the morning to get stuff done because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to to do what I did with my family or whatever it may be. And so it just requires a lot of discipline on my part to kind of look at different things that I have going on and to make really honest judgment calls of like, this doesn't need to get done today or I need to drop this client or I need to drop this idea. You know, like there's just a lot of, that's just something I'm always working through. And we are honestly always having honest conversations of like, Hey, you need to pull back or Hey, whatever it may be. And so yeah, she's definitely looked at me before and said, like, you can't start anything this month. Like, there's nothing new that we can start. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got it. Yeah, I laugh because I've had my wife tell me that plenty of times. I think we're, yeah. we're wired similarly in that way. I love starting stuff. It's fun. Um, but mm-hmm. I think what you said, too, the, the key there is what do you need to say no to so that you can say yes to the things that actually matter most in the, mm-hmm. in light of eternity? You know, it's like there's a lot of fun, even good things that I could say yes to right now. But really what I need to be saying yes to are the things that are going to have impact for eternity and not just for mm. the sake of uh, me having fun today or this month or 
whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and practically for me, practically for me, one of the things that looks like, like if you talk about super practical is like when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm not working, like I don't even have my phone on me mm. I'm on my, on my best days. Like I don't have my phone near me because I can always, I'm in a place right now where I could always be working. So yeah. I have to make a decision to say, I'm not working. I'm present. I'm here. Right. And so that's really important for me. Otherwise I'll just always be on my phone working, doing different things. So hard. That's such a hard, it's, it's stupid how hard that is yeah. because it's so simple yeah. and yet it's like stupid how hard that is. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you have this apparel company, which is actually how I came across you and how you and I met. I ran across ODG uh, apparel and like fell in love with it. Uh, I could go on and mm-hmm. on, um, but tell me, like, what's your heart behind it? Why did you start it? What is it? All that stuff. Yeah, so ODG Apparel, um, ODG stands for Old Dead Gangsters. Um, <laughs> comes from this really love it. dumb idea we had in college, which was, um, so we were honestly uh, a religion philosophy majors. And so a lot of my friends who were really strong believers, we were reading a lot of the what we would call the old get dead guys, yeah. um, like Charles Spurgeon and A.W. Tozer and Martin Luther, John Calvin some of these like early church uh, reformers and different things. And um, we would always refer to them as OGs, like original gangsters. Like, oh, they're so bold with what they would write. They're so, again, kind of juxtaposing that with like the kind of fluffiness of the church today. And so for us, it was so inspiring to read these guys who were like risking their lives for the gospel. And so um, we would refer to them as OGs. And so I just made a note one day like, oh, how funny would it be if we made a shirt? with Charles Spurgeon's face on it and the word gangster underneath it. And so I made it because I just was like, this is fun. Let's make it. And so I had a designer friend of mine design it and we made it and I just printed one for myself and I wore it and all the time. And so, I mean, it was crazy to me how many times I wore that and it turned into a conversation. I remember being like, I I used to do, uh, be pretty into jujitsu and I would go to jujitsu classes and everyone there was like super, super far from Jesus but every time I wore this shirt, I'd have a ton of conversations. Like, mm. who is that? Why? I don't get it. Why, why Why? does your shirt look like that? I don't know. It was just crazy how these conversations would start, not expecting them. And I would have a ton of like gospel conversations because it's hard to explain to someone who Charles Spurgeon is without right. exactly. not ending up for the gospel, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's what would happen. And so, so it was real, after let's that. Pause, that let's had, pause real quick there because I want to, because I think there are a lot of guys who are listening who may not know who Charles Spurgeon is. And I think it's this would be a perfect time to kind of highlight, give a quick summary how, yeah. why is he gangster? It's such a beautiful story of, of who he is and what he's done. Can you just give us a quick summary of yeah. Charles Spurgeon? Yeah, so Charles Spurgeon, he's referred to as the Prince of Preachers, you know, one of these kind of like kings of, of just oratory speaking. And so he's a preacher back in the day who just always preached with this eloquence and this beauty. Um, and, and honestly, for most of his life, struggled with really intense depression. Hmm. Um, and so I remember some stories where like literally towards the end of his life, his elders and deacons are carrying him to the pulpit um, mm. just because he was so depressed and so struggling with kind of this internal suffering and depression, but then would get there and just preach fire. And so he just was known to be this kind of professional, just amazing prince of preachers. Um, and and so for me, that was one of the reasons why we put him on the shirt. Another reason we put him on the shirt is because of this fun story um, where he was known for someone who really preached about Christ's glory and didn't get messed up in kind of the simple sort of, uh, uh, I guess disagreements in the church at the time. So he had someone who preached at his church once who talked about all the vices of smoking cigars. Mm. And then later on, after the guy left, Charles Virgin got up on stage and said, 
thank you for your sermon, but actually tonight I will be smoking a cigar to the glory of God. <laughs> and like, that was it. Like Mike dropped and just like walked out, you know, like here's a guy who just preached at a church yeah. and he just had no problem saying that. And so this idea of just men who really looked at the most important things, which most important thing, which is Jesus and just preached him boldly. And this is who Charles Spurgeon was. Um, and he just led a bunch of, uh, taught a bunch of early pastors on how they should do it and different things, just really intentional with discipling those, that, those early pastors. And so, yeah, that's sort of where the whole idea of making that shirt around him kind of came from was seeing his journey and his life and going, let's go for it. You that's know? awesome. So you made the shirt, you made the one shirt, you started having a bunch of good conversations as a result of having a shirt. You weren't really thinking about a company. How did it turn into no, like what, a, whole, a brand? Yeah. So was not thinking about a company and, and honestly, was never the, oh, I'm going to buy a Christian t-shirt kind of guy. Like, you've, ne- I've never worn a Christian t-shirt ever in my life right. until I made this one. And so part of what I always w- irritate me is that it just felt like I- I'm just not a fan of creating, like, Christian, like, subculture. Like, creating this separate, yeah. like, entity, which is Christian culture and non-Christian culture. For me, it was, I, the whole point is we are sent into the culture around us to be lights, you know, uh, mm-hmm. among a dark world. And so all of a sudden I started to have this idea of like, what would it look like to create stuff that made people have conversations, right? What would it look like to create stuff that someone would look at and say, wow, that's so interesting. What does that mean? Right. And then to be put into situations to have gospel conversations. And so the next kind of main shirt that we made is a shirt that we just call the bear fruit shirt, which is basically a bear holding a pineapple. Um, and, And so people, I mean, it's crazy how many conversations we have with people who look up, what does that mean? And it's like, oh, well, Jesus tells us in John 15 to go and bear fruit, you know, and every good tree produces good fruit. And all of a sudden you're talking about Jesus and what he says in the Gospels. And sometimes you have people look at you like, awesome, I did not plan on getting on into this conversation. And then you have other people who are like, that's really interesting, right? Like I was in, I was in line at Starbucks once and I have a, I, one of our shirts is just called our, it's just our stop being dead shirt. And it's yeah. the, the stop being dead repeating. And the whole premise behind it is that, you know, Christ calls us to live. And then even as you repent and believe and you're filled with the spirit, you still have to remind yourself every day, like a kid riding on a chalkboard, you know, stop being dead, stop going back to this old way, like live for Jesus. And so there's this kind of repetition that we have to keep reminding ourselves to stop being dead. So here I am, I'm in line at Starbucks and there's like seven, it's like crazy. There's like 17 people in line. I'm like the fourth person, you know, how they like call out to like the fourth person, like, Hey, what do you want? And you're like panicking. I hate that. Oh, I'll have this. Yeah. I hate it. Like, I know what I want, but for some reason, I totally forget when you ask yeah, me when I'm not yeah, expecting you to ask yeah. me. And so she asked me, hey, what do you want? And there's like seven people working. And I'm like, oh, I'll have. And she's like, At, before I can answer, she's like, oh, and that's such a cool shirt. What does it mean? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, like, I want to just pretend like she did ask and just order Seriously. and move on. And I'm like, yeah. uh, okay, well, what it means is, and I start to explain <laughs> it. And you can tell everyone in line's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and I just like, basically preached the gospel. And you can tell everyone's like, cool. And then she's like, all right, well, what did you want to drink again? I'm like, okay. And I just, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, we definitely get put in a situation where you're like, I did not plan on having that conversation. But it honestly, by God's grace, is just one of those things where you just end up in a ton of conversations. So everything we make is meant to produce those conversations. We don't put any scripture verses on our shirts. We don't put any kind of like religious symbols to kind of like, again, people kind of give us, kind of give us flack for that because they think that we're hiding from the gospel. But the the response I usually give them is, I don't need my apparel to be bold for me. Like, I want to be bold. Yeah. You know, like, I don't need my apparel to make a stand politically or otherwise. Like, I just need to, I just want to find as as many ways as possible to have a conversation with people about Jesus. And so that's sort of the whole part behind behind it. And 
here we are today, a few years later, just having fun with it. And yeah. You have a, one of your better, our best-selling shirts is one that says, don't eat yellow paint. Can you describe or tell us what that means? Yeah. So that one actually comes from a friend of mine preached, um, at one of our young life clubs. Um, and it was just so powerful to me that I was like, okay, we got to find a way to make a shirt about this. And so basically, there's a story going around the internet, which uh, which I'm pretty sure is untrue, but doesn't change the fact that the shirt's <laughs> powerful. Yeah. Um, story of Van Gogh that he wanted to eat paint late in life because he thought it would make him happy because he enjoyed painting so much. And usually people are like, well, that's not true. And, and, and honestly, it doesn't really matter. The truth is the same. Whenever someone hears that that story, that most people respond with, well, that's insane. Why would anyone want to eat paint? to make themselves happy. Um, well, the reality is we all do that. We all pursue things that at the end will kill us, but yet they, we just really feel like, no, no, this is going to be the thing. This is going to be the thing that makes me happy. This job will definitely make me feel fulfilled or this relationship or this fill in the blank, good or bad, right? This thing will definitely fill in that gap that I have in my life. And the reality is it won't. And so we have a shirt that just says, literally, it's just a yellow paint stroke with text written in it that says, don't eat yellow paint. Because when you tell people that story, they're just kind of blown away with this reality of like, wow, I I do eat paint. Like I do pursue things that are as poisonous, if not worse than paint, but I would never say anything about it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy that I'm pursuing multiple relationships with multiple people and, you know, fill in the blank, all the craziness that we kind of pursue and it's killing me. I feel horrible from it, but I would never admit it. Right. And so that's kind of where that shirt comes from. It's definitely one of our more popular ones. It's definitely the one that we get the most like heated, like responses towards because it's really much, it's very much like in your face unintentionally just sort of happened that way. And so it's definitely that if you are wearing, you will 1000% end up in a conversation because people are so just weirded out by it yeah and i think it i think one of the easiest ways to like uh uh, have those conversations because everyone can relate to that like regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey just to tell people that story and then to tell people like yeah i'm just chasing a lot of things that i think will make me happy that are insane because i know they actually won't make me happy uh and so i'm just trying to follow jesus because i think he's the only thing that could actually like satisfy that longing in my soul like that one like sentence can be like oh okay that maybe that's kind of weird but i get it because i'm chasing a lot of things that i hope will make me happy like everyone in 2019 can relate to that exactly yeah uh so i would like to buy that shirt for one of our listeners and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to buy the shirt um and then somebody that for anybody that shares this episode on a social media platform tag odg apparel tag dad tired and just share this episode uh we'll have you enter into win one of these don't eat yellow paint shirts uh, Love I'll, pick, it. I'll pick somebody at the end of the week when this episode airs, dude, thank you for hanging out today, man. You've dropped some of tons of tons of wisdom. This is really good stuff. And, uh, everyone be sure to go check out the, uh, ODG apparel. Is there anywhere else you want people to go? You've got a lot of things going on. Um, yeah, just apparel. check out ODG. Yeah. ODG apparel at ODG apparel on Instagram. Um, yeah, you could check out everything that we're up to. We we have a consulting agency at Vine Strategies or Vine Strategies Vine Business Strategies dot com. But mainly, our main thing, ODG Apparel, is kind of what we we love to. We just think it's awesome to have gospel conversations. So we 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 try to get this stuff out as cheap and as close to free as possible because I just want as many conversations we can have. So yeah, love thanks it, for man. having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, bro. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to today's interview. If you haven't picked up the Dad Tired and Loving It book, it's available wherever books are sold. So make sure to grab a copy for you and your friends. If you love this podcast, 
Make sure to take a minute and leave a review. I'll see you guys next week. Later.